Introduction. Over the past six years, I have found myself constantly drawn to the incredible life of the Apostle Paul. As I meditate on his words, I am being encouraged, challenged, inspired, enlightened, and awakened to who the man was, how he lived, and what he was able to model and demonstrate. The purpose for writing this book is to ask a series of questions around why Paul is the only one who said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Why is Paul allowed to write this in God's book? And what is it about Paul's life that we are to imitate? We will also explore in each chapter what I call his absolute statements of faith that define his relationship with Christ and how we are all to come into this incredible reality as well. Paul was a follower of Jesus who modeled Christ's likeness and his transformation from Saul to become Paul as a demonstration of God's power. Paul's life is a representation to us all of what is possible when we are surrendered and submitted to our Father and His purposes. This is one of the core reasons he is the one who said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But I want to ask us all a question that not only define Paul's life, but will define our lives as well. Do our lives begin when we enter into this physical world, or are our lives already predestined in Christ, alive in the eternal, waiting for us to discover and unpack who we really are. Saul started his life in the natural as Saul, a Pharisee, but he had been earmarked, predestined in God before he was ever physically born to become Paul, a son of God. He had been set apart and chosen before the foundation of the world to be a saint, even though he started his physical life as a sinner who needed saving. And we, if we are in Christ, are no different. Galatians 1 verse 15. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, I pray that these words would have a profound impact on you, as this is not only true for Paul's life, but our very lives as well. We too come into this physical world as sinners separated from God. But this is our secondary position as opposed to our primary position. We too have been predestined in God before we were ever conceived in the physical to know Him and to come into the fullness of life Paul discovered and lived from. Ephesians 1, 4-5 Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. Psalm 139, 13-16 For you form my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, were all written the days that were ordained for me, yet as yet there was not one of them. Knowing this through the power of revelation changes everything. It changes the way we see God, what we believe about God, and who we are in God, and it empowers us to live out the lives we have been called for. We are on a journey to actually discover who we already are in Him. I believe Saul, Paul, is a powerful prophetic picture for us as the church. Saul, Paul are a picture of two sons and two churches. Sons and churches that live from the flesh 
and sons and churches that live from the Spirit. Paul was chosen to be a son who would live in accordance to the Spirit before he was born. But he entered as Saul. Saul is a picture of a son and a church who don't live from a true knowledge of God or the Father's ways, even though they perceive they do. These sons, this church, live their lives from the flesh, even though they have been called to live their lives by the power of the Spirit. How can a follower truly learn from Jesus and all his kingdom truth about who God is, his purpose and plan, and who we are in him, coming into eternal life now, unless they have entered into Sabbath rest and ceased from their works and been yoked to Christ wholeheartedly? Hebrews 4, 9-10 So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Failure to enter his rest and truly learn from God will have us living from incorrect mindsets which paralyze us from ever becoming the sons and churches we are called to be. Our very lives are the true demonstration of what we believe. We will manifest the reality of the God we know. Saul manifested the reality of the God he knew. But this was not the God of the Scriptures. Saul was a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, called in accordance to the physical, but not yet of the Spirit, even though he had been predestined to be a son of the Spirit. Saul persecuted sons of the Spirit until the time was right for God to call him into his new identity. Galatians 4, 6-7 Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and of a son, then an heir through God. Acts 9, 15-16 But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Notice it's God who sends the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, and it's this Spirit of Jesus that cries, Abba, Father. There is a battle for God's sons to live as sons of the Spirit and not as slaves of the flesh. Paul has a very clear reference point for this because for so long he had lived as a slave and not as a son. And his very words in Philippians 3, 7-8 describe this. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. This is what makes Paul such a perfect model, because through his life we can see the son we are called to be and become, and the son we would not want to be. A son who is led and has his identity and hope in the spirit of truth as opposed to a son who is led and has his identity and hope in a fleshly version of truth. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. These attitudes are not to be attitudes of sons of the Spirit. These attitudes come out of sons who live from the flesh. 
uh, our lives, the sign of the times we live in? Do we recognize these attitudes in us rather than the Beatitudes? What would the church of Jesus Christ look like if we all committed to living as Paul lived? What would our world look like if the church committed to living as Paul lived? How much of our current life reflects Paul's? I personally believe Paul is the greatest example and model we have to follow and imitate because he started this physical life on earth like we all did, separated from the Father. His journey of going from Saul to Paul is simple while being profoundly deep and one that we can all look to and take our cue from. Saul didn't become Paul through human learning. Saul received his education under Gamaliel, while Paul received his education under Jesus Christ, the Messiah. It was Jesus who said, flesh and blood, in other words, man, cannot reveal anything to you. But this is the role of my Father who is in heaven. Saul is a student of the Torah, while Paul is a student of Christ. These are two very different realities, even though Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. Which educational system have we and are we receiving our learning from, man or Messiah? The truth to this question will be discovered in the demonstration of our lives. We will manifest the reality of the God we know. Failure to manifest Christ-likeness is the evidence of being in and operating from the wrong educational system. Man's educational system is mind first, spirit second while God's educational system is heart, spirit first, mind second. This fleshly operating system had Saul killing the church and being in opposition to God and God's ways. He became Paul through receiving an outpouring of Christ in and upon his life. An abundance of grace, faith and love was poured out upon him, which he received in his spirit. And he teaches us to follow his example and to observe the pattern you have in us. Philippians 3.17 Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Philippians 4.9 The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The pattern or mode of operation is we hear to receive the word as it is this that brings understanding. Too many of us operate from a hearing to understand position rather than a hearing to receive through the spirit position. Paul's devotion and dedication to his heavenly father and seeing God's purpose accomplished on the earth were second to none. Paul's life is a picture of someone who was captivated by God's love and because of this reality no longer lived for himself. This is the life we have all been called and chosen to live as well. 2 Corinthians 5, 14-15 For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. He was dedicated to living his new life with God and others because he knew who he now was in Christ. He dedicated and gave his life to see the church of Jesus Christ come to know who she is called to be and how she is called to live. This was Paul's primary calling for his life outside of being this person himself, and it is to be ours as well. This book is called Imitate Me because God wants us to look at Paul's life and imitate how he went from Saul to Paul. It's not that we will all be apostles, but we are to imitate Paul's ways and patterns. I wonder how many of us relate to Paul and his life and what he went through. I wonder if we find ourselves relating more to others in God's word 
and yet they didn't say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I am all for looking at others' lives and relating to them and what they went through. But I also desire to relate more to Paul and his life as he is the one who said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul has, living within him, the promise of the mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory, and so should we. We have been called to live in a time where the Spirit has been poured out on all of mankind, and we are to come into the fullness of what this all means now. We live in a time where the empowerment of God is different compared to those pre-Christ, so it is my hope that we are all entering into what is fully possible in Him today. We are to be living our lives from the finished work of the cross and not towards it. It's from this posture that we are also going to look at a number of Paul's absolute statements of faith because he is living his life from being in Christ. And it's my hope that his life, how he lived and how he came into the true knowledge of his Messiah will inspire, encourage and awaken us to truly be imitators of him as he imitated Jesus. Acts 26, 29. And Paul said, I would wish to God that within a short or long time, not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains.